praise the Lord, to honor Him, and to allow Him to do what He needs to do today in us, through us, and to us. Heavenly Father, we glorify You. We bless the name of Jesus. Lord, we, as we come into Your presence this morning, Lord, we come with a heart full of love and honor for You. Lord, have Your way in this place. Have Your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
realize that this confession is true. It's based on God's Word. And it is taking effect to this people right here. Alright, so let's make our confession together. We make our dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. In the secret place of the Most High. We remain stable and fixed. We remain stable and fixed. Under the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow of the Almighty. We say of the Lord. We say of the Lord. He is our refuge and fortress. He is our refuge and fortress. He is our God. He is our God. On him we lean. Rely, rely, and in Him we confidently trust. And in Him we confidently trust. He delivers us from the snare of the fowler. He delivers us from the snare of the fowler. And from the deadly pestilence. And from the deadly pestilence. He covers us with His pinions. He covers us with His pinions. And under His wings we trust and find refuge. And under His wings we trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness is our shield and buckler. His truth and faithfulness is our shield and buckler. We are not afraid of the terrors of night. We are not afraid of the terrors of night. Nor of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked. Nor of the evil plots and slanders of the wicked. We are not afraid of disease. We are not afraid of disease. Destruction or sudden death. Destruction or sudden death. That stalks in darkness. That stalks in darkness. Trouble will not come near us. Trouble will not come near us. The Lord is our refuge. The Lord is our refuge. Our dwelling place. And no evil will befall us. And no evil will befall us. Nor any calamity come near our home. Nor any calamity come near our home. Our church. Our church. Or wherever we are. Or wherever we are. God's angels accompany. God's angels accompany. Defend and preserve us. Defend and preserve us. In all our ways of obedience and service. In all our ways of obedience and service. We call upon God. We call upon God. And He will answer us. And He will answer us. He will be with us in trouble. He will be with us in trouble. He will deliver us. He will deliver us. And He will honor us. And He will honor us. We are satisfied with long life. We are satisfied with long life. At victory, at victory, our vision, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls. Is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, with the message of salvation, hope and inheritance, hope and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, to build a strong body of believers, to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere, to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word. We activate God's to word. go into all the world. To go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship. At Victory Christian Fellowship. We are. We are inheriting God's promises. Inheriting God's promises. And experiencing their benefits. And experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we are delighted that you are here, and those of you that are watching, we are delighted to have you watching. We're grateful to be able to get the word out on every available source. Amen? Amen. And uh, this is something that uh, D.L. Moody said regarding victory. In one of his meetings, D.L. Moody was explaining to the audience the truth that we cannot bring about spiritual changes in our lives 
by our own strength. He demonstrated the principle like this. Tell me, he said to his audience, how can I get the air out of the tumbler that I have in my hands? He must have had a container in his hands. One man said, suck it out with a pump. But Moody replied, that would create a vacuum and shatter it. Finally, after many suggestions, he picked up a pitcher and quietly filled the glass with water. There, he said, all the air is now removed. He then explained that victory for a child of God does not come by working hard to eliminate sinful habits, but rather allowing Christ to take full possession. Come on. Amen? Amen. Oh, that was pretty good. And here are just a few one-liner, one-liners of encouragement. The Ten Commandments were not called the Ten Suggestions. <laughs> if you don't fellowship, you are not among the fellow sheep. If you give the devil an inch, he will become a ruler. God doesn't need great men. Great men need God. Have you ever read my number one bestseller? There will be a test. God. If we, if we are like Christ, some will not like us. So just some words of encouragement. And before I dismiss the kids, I just want to read something from Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. And verse 22. It says, while the earth remains, is the earth still remaining? So this is still true. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So the principle of God's kingdom is seed, time, and harvest. Amen? I was thinking, how did Abel know to give to God? There wasn't anything written. But he must have had a relationship with God. Amen? I mean, his father walked with God in the cool of the day. And yet, he knew to give. And when he gave to God, he gave his very best. If you read the story in Genesis 4, Abel, he... He... he um, Chose wisely. He didn't just pick up anything, but he gave of his best. Right? How did Noah know to give an offering when he got out of the ark? You know, he couldn't really give an offering on the ark because that was usually the burnt offering. You don't want to usually have a fire on the ark. Right? So he, but he, he brought the offering with him on the boat. And when it was time to give, he sold the seven clean animals that he brought for the purpose of giving. How did Abraham know how to tithe after he, he, he defeated five kings with 318 men? And he met a, a, a person there called the priest of God called Melchizedek. How did he know how to tithe? The Bible says he gave him a tithe of all. How did he know how to do that? 
Because you have a relationship with God. See, when, when you meet God, who's a giver, you, a byproduct of, of a relationship with God is you're going to give. Amen? Because you've received the greatest gift of all, and that's Jesus, the Savior. Amen? When you come in contact with the giver, you can't help but give. Amen? And God blesses givers. God cheers givers on. Matter of fact, he loves a cheerful giver. One that can do it with joy because you have the heart of love and because God said it. Amen? Amen. So when you're giving today, you can give any time during the service. I mean that. If I'm preaching and the Holy Spirit says you need to give this now, go ahead and give it. That's not going to bother me one bit. Amen? Amen. Your gifts are going into the kingdom. They're supporting this work. They're going around the world. Amen? And if you're watching online, you can give on, you can give online through our website. There's all kinds of ways that you can give. So, Father, I thank you right now for the givers of VCF. This is a giving church, a giving family, Lord. They've given their lives to you. They've given their substance to you, Lord. And they're glad to do it. And they do it well. So, Lord, I ask you to bless them abundantly. Protect and provide for them. Meet all of their needs according to their, your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we call them blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We have awesome kids' life teachers. And we have awesome kids. Kids, are you ready for your class? On your level, let's give our kids. Kids, we want to bless you. Have a good time. Enjoy yourselves. Let the Holy Ghost flow. Amen. Hallelujah. But we serve a good God, don't we? And this morning, I've been assigned by God to talk to you about something that affects us all, our desire. But not just a desire for anything, not a desire for things, but a desire for God's Word. You know, as people of God, we need to have a desire for God's Word. It is the firm foundation on which we stand. It is our chief cornerstone It is something that we can build our lives on. A desire for God's Word. You know, when you have a desire for God's Word, you'll lose a desire for other things. This has to be the number one focus of our life, is the desire for God's Word. And I'm going to help inspire you today to have a desire for God's Word. Amen? It's so important. And uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. And I was reading this the other week. And there's a scripture here that we often refer to. But there's a scripture before it that I never really put the two together. But you know, thank God for the Holy Ghost. He helps us, right? Yeah. He brings us into all truth. And He will show you things in the Word that you may have never seen before, although you've read it several times. Yes, He does. 
Why? Because the knowledge of God is progressive. It's, it's moving. It's, uh, it's not uh, something that says it's alive, right? It has vibrancy. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. He says something amazing here. He says, wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. Then he says, as newborn babes desire, ever say desire, the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So, oftentimes, when we come to Christ, we have come out of a lot of junk. Anybody besides me came out of some junk? Right? And when you come to Christ, it's like going to the airport. And you're at the ticket counter, and you have to check your bags. Right? Have you ever flown? Uh, maybe some of you have not flown, but you go to the ticket counter, and they verify your ticket, they give you your seat, if you haven't already had it online, and they make sure that you're you. Right? They check your ID, and they say, do you have any bags to check? And you... If you have some bags to check, you give them, and they have to be a certain weight. They have to be under a certain weight, right? And when you give those bags, you don't see them till the destination, right? They're in the belly of the plane. You don't even think about them, right? And you rely on the airport to make sure that it gets to where you're going. But these are five destructive things that we have to get rid of, that we have to lay aside, and the way that we replace it with, we replace those five deadly things with the desire for the Word. When you desire the Word of God, the Word of God will wash you out. He'll give you a royal flush. And if we simply desire the Word, we'll eradicate these five deadly things. Let me just... I'm not, my focus is not these five deadly things, so you can breathe easy, alright? But I do want to describe what they mean, alright? I want to give you their meaning. We're supposed to lay aside all malice. Let me say all malice. All malice. What is malice? It's evil, trouble, wickedness, a vicious disposition. Malice is spite. Malice is an underlying principle of evil which is present but not outwardly expressed necessarily. It's an intent of the heart. It means wretched evil. It means a desire to do ill will or injure someone. No one here has ever felt like getting back at someone. We all have. <laughs> Newsflash. Okay? 
So we're supposed to lay aside these things. Then he says, and all guile or deceit. Guile is treachery. Trickery. It's used, it's, it's a hook. It's where you bait or allure someone. It's people already festering in excessive emotional pain brought on by themselves. Have you ever encountered someone that they just want to welcome you into their pain? It's used, it uses a decoy to snare or deceive people, which implies the treachery part. It's used to exploit the naive or the undiscerning, baiting them with their own greed. We're supposed to lay this aside. Let me say lay it aside. Okay? Then he mentions hypocrisy. We're supposed to lay aside hypocrisy, but guess what? You can't just lay it aside. You've got to desire something else. You've got to replace your desire for evil and wickedness for a desire for something good and great. You can't just, get, you can't just stop desiring something without desiring something else in its place. Hypocrisy. That's play acting. Stage playing. It's, um, it refers literally to someone acting under a mask. <laughs> you might say there's a lot of hypocrites today. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Who were the greatest hypocrites in the Bible? The Pharisees. The religious people. Jesus himself, he said, he called them hypocrites many times. They acted one way, but they had something in their heart. See, here's what God says. People honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. See, when you confess Christ, it carries with it a responsibility. It carries with it a commitment. It carries with it a different lifestyle. Everybody say lifestyle. Okay? So hypocrisy. Then he says envy. Right? We're supposed to lay these aside. Envies. And envy is a grudge or spite. It means to break down and corrupt. It's a strong feeling that sours. Due to the influence of sin... And the miserable trait of being glad when someone experiences misfortune or pain. Oh, I'm glad they got there just. That's envy. Yeah. <gasps> Didn't know that. Well, now you do. <laughs> you know, it's important. If you're going to lay aside something, you've got to know what you're laying aside. Yeah. Right? Say, God's got something better. Okay? It means envy refers to the jealous envy that negatively energizes someone with an embittered mind. Whoa. It's longing to raise oneself to the level of him whom he envies. I'm only reading you the the, the, uh, descriptions, the definitions, but only to depress the envy to his own level. It's it's when you want to make yourself better than someone else. Besides, 
We're not supposed to be comparing ourselves with others. Stop it if you are. That's not faith. We only stand or fall to Jesus. Not to someone else. Alright? Then slander or evil speaking. It's evil speaking, backbiting, detraction. It's evil speech. It's defamation. Boy, we're seeing a lot of that going on today. But I love verse 2. I've often quoted verse 2 many times without seeing the connection between the things that we're supposed to lay down. We're laying down this junk and we're desiring the sincere, pure milk of the Word. This word desire means to get an appetite for. People of God, we've got to have an appetite for the Word of God, for the things of God, for the people of God, for the work of God. Amen. We're seeing a lot of lack of appetite or an appetite for other things. Oh, God's not that important. Yes, He is. You'll find out in the end how important He was. Are you willing to risk that? He says, desire as a newborn babe. When a baby's born, they don't have teeth. But they have a voice. How many ever been around babies? What does a baby do when they're hungry? something. They put their voice to their desire. They put their actions to their desire and they don't stop till they get what they desire. As a newborn babe, what should we desire? The sincere, the true, the pure milk of the word that you may grow. God expects you to grow. He doesn't expect you to stay a newborn babe, just like a newborn babe doesn't stay a newborn babe. They grow. They develop. They mature. What makes, the, what makes them grow? Their desire. What's going to make a Christian grow? Their desire. Desire for the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus is the Word. If you desire the Word, you desire Jesus. If you desire the Word, you desire the way, the truth, and the life. Because Jesus is the Word. The word is Jesus. The word Jesus is the word made flesh. It's a strong. You gotta have a strong desire. But say a strong desire. We can't be passive in Christianity. We have to be active. We have to be doers of what He said. So the word desire, it means to get an appetite for. It means to long for. It means to strain after. To desire greatly. Have affection for. Oh, we need to have affection for the word. Do you realize that the word can't move you? Nothing will. We need to long for the word of God. Do you realize... In the days when Samuel was born, the Bible says 
that the high priest at the time was Eli. And the Bible says there was no widespread vision at that time. See, when the spiritual leader, is, his eyes are very dim, that means people's spiritual vision is very dim. And God raised up a prophet who was born out of miracles because his mother had a desire. And she took her desire to the word, to the commandments of God. She took her desire to the author of life. She laid her desire on the altar where she was moving her mouth but no sound was coming out. She was in great travail. She was serious. She was intense because she had a desire. She longed for a son. And her husband says, aren't I better than ten sons? She's like, (laughs) she wanted a son. You know, when you want a son, you want a son. Amen? Amen. And she laid her desire on the altar. And through a supernatural act, you know, it wasn't an immaculate conception, but she got pregnant. And she gave birth to Samuel, and she gave him to the Lord. You know, you've got to have a pretty strong desire to give your son when he's weaned to the Lord to be raised in the temple. She, she wanted her son to be raised in church, yeah. which we all should do. Mm-hmm. And he grew up to be a prophet. God set some things straight. Judgment came on Eli's house. Do you realize... Not a man was left in Eli's family. All the men died out because he refused to deal with the wickedness that he was facing. His sons were involved in very wicked things, defiling the temple. You know, because they had a desire for evil things, not the word of God. And Samuel came on the scene and God spoke to him and he told Eli everything that was happening. And Eli lost his sons in one day. He fell over backwards, broke his neck. And the Bible says that not a word dropped to the ground of Samuel. See, we're living in a day and a time when people's desire for evil things and for power are greater than a lot of things. But guess what? We can counteract that with the desire for God and His Word. Yearn for. Long for. Be, we got to be possessed with the desire for God's Word. we got to love where it's being communicated. we got to love reading it. we got to love studying it. we got to love doing it. we got to love supporting it. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We support the things we love. We invest in the things we love. Our time, talent, and treasure go for what we love. And when we don't love God, we don't invest in God. Amen? Amen? It's going to get good. Mm-hmm. How? Just, I want you to think about this. Don't raise your hand. Just keep smiling and looking forward. And nobody will know that I'm talking about you. <laughs> How do you desire God's Word? If you had to rate your appetite, for God's word on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give yourself? Just food for thought. Did you know that the word of God is attractive? When the walking word walked this earth, people were attracted to him. People were drawn to him. 
People knew that he was the solution to their problem, and they came to him. Amen? The Word of God has an attraction to it. How are you drawn to it? How are you drawn to it? Go with me to Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1-1. When you desire something, you will delight in it. Everybody say delight. Hallelujah. Psalm 1-1. And you've got to see this. We're talking about desire for the Word. We have to desire the sincere. Why? There's a lot of stuff that's not sincere. Did you know that Jesus said, There will be false teachers among you in the last days, drawing people to themselves? People who have itching ears. They want to hear a certain things. They don't want to hear about the blood. They don't want to hear about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They don't want to hear about the Holy Ghost and talking in tongues. So they'll be drawn to something else. Right. But I'm not ashamed of talking in tongues. Paul said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than y'all. If the man who wrote half the New Testament spoke in tongues, it must be important. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Psalm 1 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you realize those five deadly things are ungodly that he says in 1 Peter 2 1? So we don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. How many people are walking in the counsel of the ungodly? They're listening to people who aren't born again, and those people are making decisions. And they have no wisdom from God. Amen? Amen. God has wisdom. Yes. Enough of that already. Alright. Or stand in the way of sinners, nor sit at the seat of the scornful. But, and we say, oh, I love when God butts in. <laughs> do, you, do you realize, let God butt in whenever, whenever He wants to. Yeah. Yeah. Remember on the day of Pentecost? Or no, not the day of Pentecost, I'm sorry. In Acts 10, when Peter was called to Cornelius, God interrupted his preaching. Yes. He said, I'm sorry, i got something to do. He said, it hey, hey, God can interrupt me anytime. Yes. And by the way, I was, I'm supposed to tell you about fire, but maybe that will come a little bit later today. Yes. But his delights. How, how do I avoid... The counsel of the ungodly, or avoid the way of the sinner, or avoid the seat of the scornful. You've got to have a delight in the law of the Lord. And in His law does He meditate day and night. See, when you've got a desire for the Word of God, you're going to be in it. You're going to be involved with it. You're going to be active in it. He said it. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law of the Lord... He meditates how often? Day and night. Everybody say day and night. What does it mean to meditate, to ponder, to think, to speak over and over and over? You've got to have the Word of God on your mind. If you want to renew, you can't renew your mind without the Word of God. That's like trying to paint a wall without paint. It doesn't work. I was rolling and rolling, but nothing was going on the wall. Oh, you're missing paint. Oh, that's what I'm missing. If I only had paint, the color would go on the wall. People are trying to live the Christian life apart from the Word. You can't do it. You can't even make your own interpretation of the Word. The Bible interprets itself. People are trying to pick and choose. People think the Word of God is a buffet and they pick and choose what they want. Sorry, it's all inclusive. 
And there's a lot of good things, but you gotta you gotta be willing to you gotta be open for all the good things. His delight, his desire is in the law, not just any law, but the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? Does anybody know what the law of the Lord is? It's L-O-V-E. The law of the Lord is love. All the law hangs on this. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's all the law. That's the law of God. Did you realize? See, some people think that when they got to the kingdom of God, they're void of laws. But there is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, isn't there? That's a law. I gotta tell you guys, this is just a little side note, but you gotta be careful how you live in this world. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we went to play tennis. That's been our family activity. We've been doing a lot of tennis. Wow. And we were parked at a park. And the park is having construction, so the entrance of the park is is closed, so, but there's a park there that's no parking. And uh, we parked there. <laughs> and someone walking their dog called the police. Seriously. But that wasn't the issue. The issue was what the police officer said. He said, in 34 years, I've not been constrained as I am now to do what I do. Things are changing in this world. And you already have a mark on your back because you know J-E-S-U-S. So you've you got to listen to my message that I preach. We've got to live sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a royal lion seeking whom he made about. All right, back to the story. <laughs> what happens when you make the word your desire? You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. How many want to be planted by the rivers of water? You know, a tree planted by rivers of water, it's got plenty of food, plenty of nourishment, it grows good, it's fertile soil. This is not for someone who doesn't desire the Word. This is only for the elite group who desire the Word of God. He'll bring forth his fruit in season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. Why? Because they they don't make the word a priority. Okay? Thank you for that holy ground. Let's go to Psalm 37. (laughs) Psalm 37. What are we doing? We're tweaking your desire a little bit. You know, if Jesus lived for us, then we should live for Him. It's not an option to obey God. We're in a different kingdom now. And I learned today, I heard from Ron Carpenter, what you submit to, you can exercise authority in. If you don't submit to God, you can't exercise authority for God. Right. That's good. It's really good. Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord. You got see when you delight, when you desire His word, you're going to trust in it. Because yeah. the Lord is the word, right? right? The word is the Lord. The Lord is the word. They're one and the same. Trust in the Lord and do good. 
So shall you dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord, in the Word, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. How many want your desires to come to pass? Well, the question is, do your desires line up with His desires? Uh, you know, when I went to Ramah, there were stories that I heard of friends of mine. And this one particular one, this woman came up to this guy and she said, the Lord told me that you're going to marry him. And he looked at her and laughed and said, well, he didn't tell me. <laughs> See, you give, you got to delight yourself in God to qualify to have your desires of your heart met. He said, uh, Commit your way to the Lord. How many people are committed to Him? Commit your way, your way of living, way of doing, way of thinking, way of giving, way of handling things, way of running your family. Commit your way to Him, to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He'll bring it to pass. He can't bring it to pass unless we commit it to Him. No, it's mine. It's mine. One guy was in McDonald's and he bought a little four-year-old some french fries. And after he bought the little four-year-old some french fries and he gave the four-year-old some french fries, he said, can I have a french fry? And the little four-year-old said, no, it's mine. And this guy was thinking, I bought the cotton-picking french fries and I want a french fry, I can get a french fry. Verse 6, and he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. It's another thing when we delight in God. We've got to rest in God. And wait patiently. Everybody say, wait patiently. wait patiently. The Bible is a proponent of patience. When you have the word, you never run out of patience. Oh. Mm-mm-mm. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way. Hey, listen. The wicked, they can prosper financially, but don't worry about it. It'll all be taken care of in the end. Alright? Because a man brings wicked devices to pass. Uh, cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. That's what we read in Second Peter chapter, First uh, Peter chapter 2 verse 1. Evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Hallelujah. I don't want to inherit the earth. Alright? So, he's telling us to delight ourselves in God. There's reward for those who do that, who desire His Word. Alright, go to Psalm 40. Are you having fun yet? We're tightening up the desire. Listen, we all have desires. Your desires can turn you to the left or to the right. Right? They can turn you for the right thing or for the wrong thing. Did you know that you, what you desire drives your life? Yeah. You know, um, we need to desire God and His Word. Mm-hmm. Everything about God is in His Word that we need to know, and the Holy Spirit will teach you anything else that you need to know. Amen? Amen. Alright, Psalm 40, verses 7 to 10. 
Psalm 40, verses 7 and 10. Then I said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me. Woo! God's got some volumes about you that he wrote about you. Hallelujah. I, verse 8, I delight to do your will, oh my God, yea, the law is within my heart. How does it get in the heart? God wrote it, but you've got to give God permission to write it. God just, God just doesn't take someone aside and say, I'm going to write something on their heart. No, God enters into a relationship with a person. A person gets to choose whether or not they accept or reject the Lord. Amen? And when we accept Him, He begins to write His words on our hearts. Why? So we can take it with them wherever we go. See, when you delight in the Word, it's going to affect your heart, and your heart's going to affect your life. Things are going to change. Amen? And if things aren't changing, it's because your desire is wrong. The law is within my heart. Verse 9. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. I have not framed my lips, refrained my lips, O Lord, you know. Verse 10. I have not hid your righteousness within my heart. I have declared the faithfulness and your salvation. See, what you meditate on, what you think about is going to come out of your mouth. Speak the word. Everybody say, speak the word. Speak the word. You know, you, you can't speak the word with any authority or power if it's not in you. Amen? It's got to be in you. you. You can't draw money from a bank account that has a zero balance. I worked in a bank. It's called negative. It's not good. I, when I worked at the bank, I had to deal with people who came in to cash their check with a negative balance. So here's what my manager said. If you can get anything from them, fine. Say, would you like to put some towards your account? Okay, yeah. So then they would. And it would work. So at least the bank would get something out of it. But you can't draw money out of a negative account. Too many Christians are trying to make a withdrawal on something they never put in. Right. Try buying a car with a negative balance. See how well that works. I'll gladly pay you a year from now. No. Don't worry about that. Let's go to Psalm 119. 176 verses about the Word. You think that's important? God wrote one chapter in a book of 1189 chapters, and He has 176 verses, and they all talk about the Word. Must be important to God. Did you know that God is a Word person? Did you know that God abides by the same Word He wants us to abide by? When God does something, He does it based on His Word. When God doesn't do something, He bases it on His Word. Amen? Psalm 119, verses 15 and 16. Psalm 119, verses 15 and 16. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. Verse 16, I will delight myself in your statutes. I will delight myself. I will not forget your word. Did you know that it is possible to forget the word? When you don't do it, you forget it. Amen? Alright, verse 24. Psalm 119, verse 24. Your testimonies are my delight and my counselors. Who gave you this advice? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
They're my counselors. How many people don't refer to the word they use counsel from other areas? I mean, listen, good counsel is good, but the best counsel is from the word. Is, is, there, is there an area of life that is not dealt with in the word of God? Can anybody think of one area? Marriage, raising children, work, relationships, handling money, government, you know, all, it's all dealt with in the word of God. All right, verses 34 to 40, still in Psalm 119. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Listen to the desire that he has. With his whole heart. Too many people give God fragments. They don't give him the whole heart. They give him fragments. God will work with it, but, you know, it's better to work with the whole thing. I shall, verse 35, make me walk in the path of your commandments. What's the path of the commandments? That's the right way to live. That's the right way to do things. There is a right way, there is a wrong way. The path of his commandments. It's my way of life. For I delight in it. He delights in the path of his commandments of God's word. Verse uh, 36, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. So many people are looking at worthless things. It's because their desire is wrong. They're desiring the wrong thing. Did you know that sin begins with a desire? It starts as a thought. And then as that thought is dwelled upon, it gets into the heart. And when it gets into the heart, action takes place. Give you an example. David, he should have been at war. But he wasn't. He was at home because this was a destructive setup by Satan. You know, Satan will put you, he, he'll open the door for positions to, uh, to lure you into things you shouldn't do. Because mm-hmm. right. we're delivered from the snare of the follower. What's a snare? It's a trap. Mm-hmm. Yep. According to Psalm 91, we're delivered from the snare of the follower. He set the trap, but God help us avoid it. So when the enemy checks the trap, we're not in it. So David should have been at war. Instead, he's at home. He can't sleep. The enemy. So he gets up. He goes out on the porch. He's he's in the palace. The palace is higher than any other house. Right? And he is on the porch and he looks down and he sees a woman bathing. Desire. He could have walked back and went to bed. But no. He stayed there, gawking. Because men are motivated by sight. Amen? We are, guys. And the enemy knows it. Men are like microwaves. Women are like a crock pot. We're ready instantly. Women, they got a simmer. 
So, he's standing out there. He has a thought. He doesn't deal with the thought. Because the desire for what he shouldn't have is stronger than the thought of God's word. Now, he's a godly man. But he's a man. So that thought now gets into his heart. He tells one of his people, go bring her to me. He commits adultery with her. She gets pregnant. Now, he's got to deal with her husband. What does he do? He puts his husband on the front line and tells the people to draw back. The, the worst fighting area. Now, he, he tried to bring the husband home and get him drunk. But the husband, Uriah, is such a godly man, he sleeps on the, on the, at the front door. He says, I can't be with my wife while my brothers are at war. That's a godly man. So David couldn't get him drunk. He couldn't, he couldn't do it that way. So then he had to kill him. So he killed him. All why? Because of a, a, a desire. You see how deadly the wrong desire can be? And yes, David experienced grave consequences as a result of giving in to that one desire. Yes, he was forgiven. Say, he was forgiven. But he still had consequences that, that hurt his family, hurt his future. Verse 38. Establish your word to your servant. Who is devoted to fearing you? Are we devoted to fearing God? Joseph feared God more than he feared Pharaoh. He says, I'm not going to commit this act against God. He feared God. Same temptation that David had. Joseph ran. David stayed. So it is possible to overcome the temptation. Amen? It is is possible to overcome the wrong desire with the right desire. It is possible. Verse 39, turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. God is good. Say, God is good. His word is good. Milk is good. It helps you grow. We need the milk of the word of God. And once you start getting some teeth, we can go to meat. Amen? Milk, honey, and meat, praise God. Go to verse 41. Psalm 119, verse 41. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord. Your salvation according to what? Your word. God saved us by his word. He promised people who were dead in sin, I'm going to save you. And he was good to his word. His word saved us. Amen? Verse 42, so shall I have an answer from him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. That's a delight, that's a desire. Verse 43, take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in your ordinances. 44, so shall I keep your law, how often? Continually. Everybody say continually. Continually. Desiring the word 
begins when you meet Christ and it continues until he returns. You never have, you don't take a day off from desiring the word. You don't take a vacation from desiring the word. You've got to desire the word. You've got to incorporate in everything in the way that you live. Amen? Forever and ever. Verse 45. I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. That's what Jesus said. Same thing this psalm is saying. Hallelujah. Jesus never disagrees with the word. He is the word. Alright? Verse 46. I will speak of your testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. Well, we need some people to speak to kings the word of God. Do you realize John the Baptist... He was before the king, Herod, and he said, it's wrong that you should have your brother's wife. What happened? He got put in jail for speaking against the king. Did that stop him from speaking against the king? No, he brought the word. Amen? We need some people who can speak to kings the word. It's because the Bible says it. Hallelujah. Verse 47, I will delight myself in your commandments which I love. Can we just hold the Bible, hold your Bible or your device? Hold it close to your heart right now and say, I love the Word. And the Word loves me. I'm in a covenant relationship with the Word of God. The Word brings my dreams to pass. The Word enhances my life. The Word makes me prosper. The Word brings success. I love the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Then, when you delight in the Word, you've got to draw near to it. You can't stay the same you were when you encounter the Word, because the Word will change you. You've got to draw to the Word. Go to Psalm 73. Psalm 73, verses 27 and 28. Psalm 73, verses 27 and 28. And I'm reading from the New King James, if you know, but you read whatever version you have and you get the gist of it. Indeed, those who are far from you shall, what? When people get far from the word, they're on a road to destruction. When you stop desiring the word, you're, you're on a road to destruction. It may not happen tomorrow, it may not happen next week, but it will happen and you will look back and see it was when you departed from the word. When you separated yourself from the word. When you exempted yourself from following its commands. Word says do this, I don't want to do it. I don't care if the word says it, I'm not going to do it. Bye bye. Perish. I didn't say that. The word said it. All those who are far from you shall perish. That's Bible. Jesus said, all those who believe in me will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So when you embrace the word, you get life. When you leave the word, you perish. All right. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. What happened in the book of Judges? 
Every, Israel would be doing good, man. They'd be rocking the place. All of a sudden, they'd get into sin. Right? And they'd be worshiping idols. They'd be uh, doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And what happens? That made way for invaders to come in. What opened the door? It was their sin. It was their departing from God's command that opened the door for enemies to come in. The enemies would come in and ravish the land. They would take the cows, take the sheep, take the gold, take the silver, burn the cities. Why? Because they sinned. Then Israel would repent. And God would send them a judge, a deliverer. And the, the judge would face the enemy, and he would defeat the enemy. And they would be all good, and they'd be rejoicing. But then they'd depart again. You read the book of Judges all throughout the, the, that was the cycle. Good, depart, bad. Good, depart, bad. Verse 28. It is good for me to draw near to God. Say it's good. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. You detach from other things and focus on it. See, when you desire, when you draw near to God, you've got to draw away from something else. You can't hold on to two opinions. You can't be sick and healed at the same time. You can't be saved and lost at the same time. Why? A double-minded man, what's he going to get from God? Zip, zero, nada, zilch. All right? Hebrews 10, 19. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Now, is it wrong to desire a house? No. No. Matter of fact, God said uh, to his disciples, he said, if you leave me, or if you leave your father, mother, sister, brother, for my sake, you're going to receive a hundredfold this time. Father, mother, sister, brother, and houses. God doesn't mind you having houses. Is having a car a bad desire? No. It's not, no, God, God, God doesn't care if you drive a Rolls Royce or a Camaro. It doesn't matter. But your priority has to be Him. It doesn't matter what you possess or what you have or how much income you make. Your desire has to be for Him. He has to be first. Everybody say first. He can't be second, third, fourth, or fifth. And that's what happens when we desire these other things above God and we keep putting God down the list and He becomes less of a priority. And when He's less of a priority, you have less of His power. That was of the Holy Ghost. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, God made a way for us to enter in to the most holy place. Anytime you want to. You don't even have to make an appointment. God takes walk-ins. God takes walk-ins. You can enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Jesus made a way. Verse 20, by a new living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. You've got to draw near with a true heart. You know, God knows your heart. He knows your motive. 
He knows why we do what we do. He's the only one who knows our heart. Amen? When he looks for a king, he looks for the heart of the person. He doesn't look to the stature. He doesn't look to the strength. He looks to the heart. God is looking at our hearts. Because if something is wrong in our hearts, it's going to be wrong in our life. So we have to change what's in our heart. Amen? A good tree produces what kind of fruit? Good fruit. A bad tree produces what? Bad fruit. Why? It all comes from the heart. But guess what? We can change the tree. We can produce different fruit. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Jesus said we can be washed with the water of the Word. I'm going to wash that sin right out of my hair. So we need to draw near to God. We need to hold fast to our confession. See, when we, when we draw near to God, He'll draw near to us, James 4, 7. Why, why does God say, if you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you? Because didn't He already send Jesus? Yeah. Didn't He already make the first move? Yeah. I mean, who made man's clothes after they sinned? God! God covered their sin with blood. He killed an animal... He made coats of skin. That's what the Bible said. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. That was a message in his tailoring. He said, you're going to be saved by blood. Someone innocent is going to have to shed blood for you. And that was Jesus. Hallelujah. And you've got to make the word a priority. If you want to desire it, it's got to be a priority. Let's say priority. priority. It has to be your number one priority. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew six thirty three, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If we don't have God in the right order, it brings confusion. God is the God of order, not confusion. And he just, all he wants to be is first. He wants to be first in your finances. He wants to be first in your love. Right? You can like cars. Don't love cars. You can like cars, but you've got to love Jesus. See the difference? I don't... Well, I love hot dogs. <laughs> I don't love hot dogs. I like hot dogs, but I love Jesus. But see, we've used the word for love for so many things. I love that team. Really? What has that team ever done for you? How come you love them so much? I love that entertainer. Really? Do you even know him? Or her? But yet you love him? No. Be careful where you place your love. Your love has to be with God. Amen? If you're married, you can love your spouse as Christ loved the church. Amen? Amen? Amen. Love what, love God first and he'll help you make sure that your love is in the right place. But you've got to make it a priority. Mark, Mark 13, 31 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. When this earth is gone, there's going to be something still here that's going to be his words. 
His words are from everlasting to everlasting. They're forever settled in heaven. God's words are so good, they don't need to be changed. That's how powerful His word is. So, if you're putting your things on this earth, it's going to pass away. How about the word was Elijah's life source? He had just pronounced a drought on King Ahab, who was described as the most wicked king up to that point. He had a wife named Jezebel. Alright? Does anybody ever have ever heard a good connotation of Jezebel? He doesn't speak of good things. Jezebel was vicious. She killed people. She entertained 450 prophets of Baal at her table. She inspired idol worship. And King Ahab says, okay, honey. He went along with it. See, when you agree on something, it multiplies. Well, God inspired Elijah because he read Deuteronomy 11, which says if you disobey God or don't follow his commandments, he's going to shut up the heavens and no rain will come. So Elijah said, okay, king, it's not going to rain except at my word. Who are you? I'm Elijah. And I love the word. So, now you understand there was a three and a half year drought. Right? So God sent him to the wilderness. How did he send him? The word of the Lord came unto me saying. So Elijah heard the word, and he went where the word sent him. He did what the word said to do, and guess what? He was supplied for. When he heard the word, he did the word, provision was there. Right? Then God said, okay, I want you to go to this brook, and you're going to drink water, and ravens are going to bring you uh, a whopper in the morning and a whopper in the evening. Alright? So, he was drinking water from the brook, and he was waiting for the ravens. Ravens are considered unclean. How many would accept a meal from a raven? Cool, cool. Breakfast time, you know. This raven's got meat in its mouth. Meat and bread from the raven. Who'd have thought that ravens would be delivering Domino's pizza? Oh, But see, if Elijah disagreed with the way the word did it, he wouldn't have had the provision. See, we want to disagree how God does, performs his word. Well, I don't like how you perform your word. Okay, then go with it. Listen, you know, Israel, you know what they said about manna? We're tired of this light bread. Hello, that light bread kept you alive for 40 years. What do you mean you're tired of it? You tired of living? God rained bread down from heaven. But they considered it, they got to the point where they disdained the word. They didn't want to gather it every day. See, the manna speaks more of just, Jesus is the bread from where? Jesus is our manna. That we have to gather every day. And when we have a desire for the word. See, when you have a desire for something, you're going to go after it. You're going to seek it. You're going to find it. You're going to, you're going to put it on the, on the number one of your top ten list. Why? Because your desire for it is driving you. All right? It's leading you. Amen? We've got to have a desire. Desire is sincere, pure mouth of the Word. 
Stop complaining about how God performs His Word. As if we would do it better. If I were God. Well, no, you're not. So don't even think that you are. God knows what He's doing. Let Him do it how He does it. You just be thankful. Amen? How about the centurion? He had a desire for the Word. The Bible said in Luke 7 that he heard of Jesus. What did he do when he heard of Jesus, when he heard the Word? He went to the Word. He sought the Word out. Why? He had a problem. What was his problem? His servant that he loved. His number one employee that worked in his house, that took care of his family, that took care of it was dying. But he heard. What he heard made the difference in his life. And he went after what he heard. He desired what he heard, and he came to Jesus. Luke 7 says, he said servants. Matthew 8 says, he came. Doesn't matter. They're, they're both right. If a man says his servants, the servants are representing him. Amen. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Uh, that's not necessary. You don't need to come over my house. I'm not worthy. But what should you do? Tell me what the centurion said. Speak the, speak the word. Speak the word. Jesus said, whoa, I have not seen as great faith in all of Israel that I've seen in this centurion. Because he had such a reverence and an honor and a respect for the word. He gave the word. He, the, the, he, because of his respect for the word, the word worked and healed his servant right there. Jesus didn't even have to come to the house. He sent his word. Because his word is him. <laughs> Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and what? Healed them. What do we have in our hands? We have His Word. We have His power. We have His miracle. This is miracle essence right here. If you want to create a miracle, it's right here in the Word. But we just have to desire it. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from where? The mouth of the Father, the pure source. When you hear it from the Father, it's not diluted. When you hear it from the Father, it's not diluted or polluted. Right. When you hear it from the Father, when you read it and the Holy Ghost resonates within you, you're hearing the pure, sincere word, and that's going to make the difference in your life. Mm-hmm. You don't just hear any word, you've got to hear the word from the Father. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. You can live by the word. Just so many people are living by the word. They're living by feelings. They're living by experiences. They don't do what the Bible says. If people did what the Bible says, churches would be overflowing. But guess what? We're not responsible for them. We're responsible for our own selves. Amen? Oh, my goodness. So you, you delight in it. You draw near to it. Then you do it. 
Everybody said, just do it. Be doers of the word. Didn't say, do what you feel. If it feels good, do it. No, that's what the world says. Because guess what? God will tell you to do something that doesn't feel good sometimes. Why don't you go forgive that person you've been having all against? Oh. <laughs> Heard a funny story. I was listening to Keith Moore, and he was sharing this story at uh, Believer's Convention. And uh, he was at this little church, and he was telling the guy who travels with him, he said, I know that we're supposed to be here, but I don't know why we're at this church. And uh, he found out why he was there after he was there. The pastor said, i got to tell you something. He said, God dealt with me a few weeks or whatever, some time ago. He said, I had a, a broken relationship with this other minister. He said, we had a falling out, and God dealt with me to make it right. Has God ever dealt with you to make things right? Or do you want to fester in what's wrong? Just a little side note. So, this minister, this pastor, contacted this other minister, and they reconciled, they made things right. Can you say amen? Amen. And as the minister, after he made it right, he was thanking God and said, God, thank you so much for allowing me to do that and make things right. And God says, no, thank you for doing that for me. He said, what can I do for you? And the pastor said, I'm going to keep more at my church. So that's why Keith Moore was there. Amen? Okay. Let me wrap this up. So you got to do the word. The wise person does the word. He who does the will of my father will live forever. How many want to live forever? Well, you got to do the will. You can't do the will if you don't desire his will. Amen? Here's what the word does. It pulls you in. It's like a tractor beam for the trekkies. It attracts you. It gets your attention. Moses, it was a brush on fire. Joseph, it was a dream. Daniel, it was being saved from being killed. The word has a way of getting our attention. It pulls you in. Amen? It attracts you. It pulls you out. It gets you unstuck, untangled, and free. The Word of God is like a monster truck. It can pull you out of any muck and mire you may find yourself in. It's got the ability to pull you out. And not just pull you out, but set your feet on a rock. He pulled us from the miry clay. He pulled us from death. He pulled us from the fire. He pulled us from the flood. The Word can pull us out. Just grab a hold of the Word and go for the rock. It pulled them out of Egypt. It'll pull you out of despair and depression. Hallelujah. So the word pulls you in, it pulls you out, it pulls you up. The word elevates you, it teaches, it, it reaches out to you, it rescues you, redeems you, and it relates to you. There's nothing more that will relate to you than the word of God. The word of God is God's love letter to you. It reaches out to you. It pulls you up. It brings you close to Him. When, when, when Jesus wanted to bless kids, they said, oh, no, no, no. He said, no, let the little kids come to me. It pulled them out. 
It pulled him up. Amen. God pulled us up. He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. He pulls us up. He pulls us up out of poverty. Amen. He pulls us up out of defeat. He pulls us up out of sickness. Glory to God. The word, it pulls you in, it pulls you out, it pulls you up, it puts you over. Oh, glory to God. It's your success and prosperity. He told Joshua, if you let this word not not depart, he said, uh, speak the word, meditate in the day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Amen? It puts you over. The word puts you over. How many want to go over? I don't want to wallow in defeat. I want to go over. I want to win. I want to succeed. I want to prosper. I want to go forth and do what God wants me to do. I have a desire. I have a strong desire. I have dedicated my life because of my desire. That's some preaching there. The word is your victory. This is our victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Faith comes by what? Hearing the word. Word is the source of our faith. The word is our life. Is it your life? If you don't live for the word, what are you living for? It picks you up. So it pulls you in, it pulls you out, it pulls you up, it puts you over, and it picks you up. It heals you. How many times did Jesus, he reached out and touched a leper? I know you can't heal me, but will. He touched him and said, I will. And then he picks you up. It forgives you. The Word forgives you. The Word fills you and satisfies you. The Word is a well within. You drink from that water, you'll be thirsty again. If you drink from this water, you'll never thirst. It satisfies the soul. Mm-hmm. But we got to have a desire for it. Amen? Mm-hmm. All right. Just in less than one minute. Let me give you some people who were changed simply because they heard the word. Mark 5. The woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus. Twelve years of suffering were changed because she heard. What did she do with what she heard? She went to him. She went to what she heard. She heard about Jesus. She went to Jesus. What did she get from Jesus? She healed him. Did Jesus even touch her? No, she touched him. You talk about a desire for the word. She didn't want him to touch her. She wanted to touch him. There's a difference. Daughter, go in peace. Your faith has healed you. See, when you have a desire, you're going to reach out and touch. Amen. Do you have a desire to touch Jesus? Oh no, Lord, touch me, Lord, touch me, Lord. No, I want to touch you. Let's let's start singing a song about how we can touch him instead of him touching us. Didn't he touch he sent his word? He sent his spirit. He died on the cross. He shed his blood. What more does he have to do? Now he's gotta come down and touch him. No, you touch him. You touch him. Desire. Amen? Here's Mark 2, verses 1 and 2. He entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. What happened? Immediately, many gathered together. 
so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. He preached the word to them. Hallelujah. When they heard that the word was going to be in a place, they packed the place out. That's a desire for the word. Amen. When you desire it, you're going to be where it is. Husbands, when you were dating, did you desire to be with your pretty lady? No way, man. Come on, folks. I felt a lot of jabs in the side right there. The answer to the question was, yes, I did. You would, you would rearrange your plans, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, when you were dating, yeah, you, you, you would talk on the phone if you couldn't be together. You would, you would strive to be together, right? You would stay together longer than what you should have. Amen. Come on. That's just how we got to be with Jesus. We gotta have the same desire that we had for that, for Jesus, amen. We gotta desire Jesus. We gotta rearrange our plans for Jesus. When he, he's got something going on, we gotta rearrange our plans and fit into his plans. Why? Because I desire him more than I desire anything else. You know that you don't have a strong desire when you don't change your plans. You have a greater desire for your own plans than his plans. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have plans, all right? There's two sides to this coin. Hallelujah. If you look at the people who were changed just because they heard, what they heard sparked something inside of them. It propelled them to where the messenger was. They heard the message, and when you have a desire for the message, you're going to want to meet the messenger. One last thing, and I'm done. The woman whom Jesus met in John 4, she was broken. She couldn't have, she didn't have a relationship that worked. She was in her fifth relationship that we know of. Everything else she tried to do failed, but she was well known. You know, she was well known in the town. And she's sitting at the well, and the Holy Ghost told Jesus, You need to go to this well, or you need to go to Samaria. He told his disciples, I've got to go to Samaria. Okay? He didn't tell them why, he just knew that he had to be there. Because someone who was broken needed the Word. Because the Word is the only thing that can fix what's broken. So he's, he's there and he strikes up a conversation at the water cooler, which is the well. Right? Modern day water cooler, old, old time well. And uh, he says, uh, hey, why don't you give me something to drink? She's like, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. And Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. Jews thought Samaritans were dogs. Literally. They were. They did not get along. So she was taken back by this Jewish man who's talking to a woman. Jesus talked to a woman. (laughs) He'll talk to you if you listen to him. 
All you got to do is listen. He's got something to say to you. He's got a direction for you. He's got a way out for you. He's got a change in your life for you. You just got to listen to him. Amen. In order to listen to him, you got you to gotta desire what he says. The word of God, you know there's one word that describes the word? Profitable. The word is profitable for instruction, for correction, and it, pro- it provides you with everything you need to be righteous. Think about that. So, Jesus, make a long story short. He says, uh, they talk about the Messiah, and he says, uh, I am him who speaks to you. And he, he, he said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Now he's out right now, get to the spirit. He said, that's true. You, you don't have a husband now because the man you live with is not your husband, but you've had four husbands. So what did she do? She went and told the town, come here a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? And the town came, half the town came out. Read the story. Half the town came out. This woman was popular. Maybe not the best way. <laughs> but she was popular nonetheless. Right? And uh, the whole town comes, and they, they heard him. See, they heard the message, but now they wanted to meet the messenger. See, their desire caused them to leave where they were to come to him. See, when you have a desire for God, you will uproot where you are, and you will come to him. So, they said, now we believe you, not because the woman said, but because we heard you for ourselves. And then he stayed with them for two days, teaching them. Amen? The word will cause a chain reaction in your life. It will cause a I want to say a cosmic clash. It will flood your darkness with light. It will flood your weakness with strength. It will flood your hopelessness with hope. It will flood your despair with a way out. It will flood your depression with joy. It will flood your trouble and turmoil with perfect peace. But we gotta desire it. We gotta have a desire for the Word, for the things of God, for the people of God, for the places of God. Amen? And I know you do, and I just want to encourage you today. There are great benefits to be received from us simply desiring the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow. Amen? Because once you got the Word, you can't stay the way you are. You gotta grow. You've got to grow closer to Him. You've got to grow in the knowledge of God. Amen? You've got to grow in strength and power. You've got to grow in love. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. If your desire is not where it needs to be, Today you have an opportunity to change. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I am going to ask you to make a decision today that no matter what, 
You're going to follow Jesus. You're going to do what he says. You're going to go where he says go. You're going to be what he says be because you desire him. Your desire for him is going to be greater than a desire for anything else. And when you desire him, you're going to detach from the negative things. You're going to detach from the wrong things, and you're going to connect with the right things in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? Yes. Are you ready to make this decision? Yes. Are you ready to take the step of faith? Yes. In the name of Jesus, say, Father, Father I, come to you, I come to you, and I repent, I repent. from any desire that I have for other things above you. Today I want to make it right. I want to declare my commitment to you. I will follow you. I will listen to you. I will do your word. I will change the way I live. And I will live like Christ. I will walk in your power. I will walk in your love. I will forgive as I have been forgiven. I will love as I am loved. I give you all of me. No more fragrance. I'm giving you the whole package. I desire you above anyone else, above anything else, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now shout. You won't regret giving your all to God. I haven't, and I'm not, I don't plan to either. I'm going to keep giving my all to God. And I don't care what anyone else does. I'm not responsible for anyone else. I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to live the word the best I can before you. I'm going to follow God and do what he wants me to do. Amen. Because I have a desire. I have a desire for this church to grow. I have a desire for people in this region to become heirs of the promise in the name of Jesus. To discover who they are in Christ and what they've been given through what he's done in his word. I want people to possess the promises. I want you to be possessed by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have a desire. Glory to God. My desire keeps me coming strong in the name of Jesus. My, I have a desire to preach the word as if you didn't know. <laughs> Amen. I love you guys. I want you to desire the sincere milk of the word. That you may grow. Let it affect the milk of the word. It does the body good. Amen. Everybody ought to have a milk mustache. Amen? And the power of the Holy Ghost is like chocolate milk. Amen? You can add things to the milk to make it better and sweeter. Amen? Glory to God. We serve a good God. The Word of God is alive, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to pierce to the dividing asunder between soul and spirit, joints and It is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart, and you can't hide. Amen? So those of you watching, you need to have a desire to gather with your church family. Amen? God wants you here. Lord, we just give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you, Lord, that our desire is increasing and growing. Lord, as we love you and walking uh, in your truth and in your light, Lord, we just give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Have a great and wonderful day.